This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 381, Comic Reviews, the week of Wednesday, June 8th. This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 381. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, June the 8th. There was a lot of comics that came out this past week. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to read very many of them, as I was actually out of town on a road trip to Cincinnati. Unfortunately, we don't have a road uh, Comic Shenanigans on the road episode this year. Uh, we have had in the previous years when I've done these road trips for baseball, but... Uh, in the meantime, I did not get a chance to read a lot of comics, so I think about eight comics from this past week, so let's talk about them. Uh, we're going to keep this episode a little bit brief. Uh, the new releases have already come out as of June 15th, so instead of spending a lot of time looking backwards, we're just going to take a, a short little uh, few minutes to look at some of the releases from last week. Uh, one of these days I'll finally be able to get these episodes back up on Mondays and Tuesdays, but uh, the last few weeks I've had road trips and it just hasn't been in the cards, unfortunately. Uh, some of the books I had did not get a chance to read from the past week include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., All New X-Men, Aquaman Rebirth, Black Canary, Darth Vader... Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, Earth 2 Society, Great Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Howard the Duck, Legends of Tomorrow, New Avengers, Poe Dameron, Red Hooded Arsenal, Thunderbolts, and Venom Space Knight. So what, you ask, did I have a chance to read? Uh, so there's a, a few kind of big releases, I would say, that came out this week from, uh, from DC that I did get a chance to read. But uh, one of them is our first book. It's Action Comics 657. This is written by Dan Jurgens, uh, artwork by Patrick Zerker. I believe this is one of the very many twice-monthly two ninety nine books. Um, that being said, I I quite quite dug this. Uh, it's written by, as I said, Dan Jurgens. Patrick Zerker is the artist, who's a great artist. It's an interesting book in that Superman is uh, the pre-crisis Superman has very much been shown as kind of being a guy who's. Um, you know, made his peace that the fact that this is not his world, working in the shadows and just trying to raise his family and do the right thing. And now Superman of the New 52 world has died, and he basically gets himself goaded into going and confronting Lex Luthor, who's now wearing the S-Shield. He shaves off his beard, something looks a lot younger, um, for whatever reason does not have the cool shorts, but instead um, has a more modern outfit looking like the New 52 version, but somewhat different, and he kind of confronts Lex Luthor. Um, it wasn't quite what I was expecting from the debut here, especially the weird version of Clark Kent who's here. Um, I like seeing the kind of classic doomsday in his green rags and the you know the, the kind of the suit from his original appearance. I thought was really cool. Um, I like the idea that this book is twice monthly. Do I think that every book needs to be twice monthly? Absolutely not. But um, reading this, it definitely felt like a book that could be. This felt like the Superman books of old when there was four books and then they had uh, you know the Triangle era or whatever the era was when you had to kind of follow which how many titles there were and they were all kind of numbered for you so you could follow easily. That's a cool era. Um, I remember kind of first reading some Superman comics during that era, during the reign of the Superman. So I like that, personally. Um, so I, I got that sensibility here that, you know, this isn't just focus on Superman. you got a lot of characters in the focus here. And I think it's because it's called Action Comics. I feel like Dan Jurgens is making a conscious effort to make this about Lex, about Clark, about the Daily Planet, about Jimmy, about this other Clark. Like, there's a lot of characters here, and it doesn't feel overstuffed. It feels natural, and it, it feels... It feels like a, a good read, to be honest. Um, there were some things here that didn't quite work in terms of I thought that Clark just kind of jumped in a little haphazard, which 
I think would have made more sense in the new 52 version of Superman and not be pre-new 52, but, um, I mean, I, I, I'm still kind of in. I'm very kind of um, multiple minds in how I feel about this issue because I think there's some things it does very well and other things it doesn't. Overall, though, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I think it was a good debut. Uh, next up is Civil War II Amazing Spider-Man, which I don't really know what I expected from this, and it's, it's an interesting book. It's written by Christos Gage, I work by Travel Foreman, who I don't think is the best choice of artist for this book. I thought Gage did a good job. I, it was engaging and interesting uh, to kind of see Spider-Man kind of having um, Ulysses for like for the evening, basically. It was kind of interesting to see how he... Um, you know, kind of speaks with him. I also kind of liked the Vulturians being used. Um, I like, it's interesting that, you know, this is where we're going to see uh, Clayton, um, you know, become a villain again, uh, in theory, not even in the main book, which is kind of a surprise because I kind of expected that your, um, Dan Slott would do something with it. I thought the, the script by Gage was enjoyable, and I'm interested to see where and how he writes Spider-Man going forward here. But the art by Foreman, I don't think does a lot of good favors to the script. I think it's a little muddied. Um, sometimes I like Foreman's art, sometimes I don't. And this is one of the times where I think it kind of detracted from the overall book. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I think it was being dragged down by the art, uh, which is unfortunate. Next up is Civil War II, Gods of War number 1, which I absolutely loved. Um, I don't think there was one bad beat in this entire book. I think it was fantastic. It's by Dan Abnett who was uh, recently on the show a couple episodes ago, is illustrated by Emilio Leso, who I don't know his art, but does a great job maintaining the overall visual aesthetic that Luke Ross had established on the previous Hercules book. Um, and it, I think this might be a hard read if you haven't read the recent Hercules series, um, because it kind of jumps into the middle of a story in progress. That being said, if you have been were reading that amazing book, and now you pick up this, it's it's a perfect segue. Um, I really enjoyed the way it was written. I mean, Abner just not, knocks it out of the park. I loved the whole interaction with Amadeus Cho, and it's, it's I almost forgot that they you know they were buddies for a while. They were these renegades on the road, and it's it's really interesting. Uh, I think I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. It was a solid read all the way through. And again, something about the, the current way in which Abner is writing Hercules is extremely enjoyable. Uh, next up is Daredevil. This is issue number 8. Uh, this is by Charles Sewell. Artwork by Goran Suzuka. It's called Blind Man's Bluff, number part 1. I thought Sewell did a great job. It does kind of sidestep current issues or questions you might have about what's going on in Daredevil and why people don't know who he is and all that kind of stuff. But it's a great done one in and of itself. And then it kind of realized it's not a done one and it's going to be a team up. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of team up it is. Is Daredevil and Spider Man are going to be teaming up with one another? Uh, I really enjoyed this. I, I I think the artwork was great. It definitely picked up the visual aesthetics that Ron Garney had been laying down in the in the, the in the book previously. Um, the colors remain, you know, extremely like dynamic. I'm going to give this an eight out of ten. Next up is Detective Comics. Uh, this is 934. I should mention um, the Action Comics issue was 957, so they're going back to the legacy numbering. Uh, this issue of Detective Comics, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's still confusing as to what really is continuity and do all, all you know, what I guess this is just the new version of Azrael and not the classic one we know of, but uh, it was an interesting issue. I thought the artwork was absolutely gorgeous. I thought the storyline of 
uh, Bruce and uh, Batwoman kind of teaming up was interesting. Um, I love the use of Clayface. Like, that was a surprise for me, and I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, the script here was by James Tinney and the Fourth. It is a really good job on it. Eddie Barrows on the pencils, and I think it's some of the best pencils by Eddie Barrows I've ever seen. Um, the the ending was a little bit generic in terms of you see this army and you're like all right whatever, but uh, the the lead up to this seeing everyone kind of gathered um, to be part of the team, um, you know they're forming this army and I'm really excited to see what they do with Clayface. I did love and I thought it was pretty much a laugh out loud moment when Batman and uh, Batwoman are like you know welcome to boot camp keep up if you can. They basically jump into the skies and they start you know swinging around. And then everyone kind of follows them, so that's, um, spoiler, uh, Cassandra Kane and Robin, um, and, and then you have Clayface going, how the hell am I supposed to do that? And I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, this was, this was very entertaining, a solid, solid start, I'm hoping it is able to keep up the momentum, I'm gonna give this, uh, an 8 out of 10, it was, uh, well worth reading, and, uh, if you picked it up, I think, you know, it was, it was quite solid. And that's what we need right now from these books. They need to be solid books, and that's definitely what we got here. Uh, next up is Flash Rebirth number one. Uh, this was all right. I wasn't super excited about it. Um, I did like the art by Carmine Di Domenico. I love his art. I'm glad that we're going to be seeing a lot of him. I think he's exclusive to DC now, though. Uh, it's written by Joshua Williamson, and it kind of goes in and out of what happened during Rebirth itself. Um in terms of, you know, Barry and, and Wally having their moment and finding out more about history and the fact that, you know, who Wally is now. It, it was good. I just, uh, I don't know. It, it was it was definitely interesting. I, I didn't like the stuff with the comedian. I, I, I don't know if I care. Um, the ending here where we had, you know, someone, maybe the man in yellow, if you want to kind of, or is that even um, Wally? It's hard to tell what's going on here. At, at the very ending, uh, maybe, you know, even Barry Allen makes mistakes. I'm interested to see what the actual book's going to feel like. I feel like this was something different, especially because it tied so closely into Rebirth, but I don't think it really gave us a lot of good new stuff. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. It wasn't a bad read, but I, I don't think it was the uh, super strong launch for Flash in the Rebirth era either. Next up is Flash, uh, sorry, Vision number 8, I should say. This was absolutely fantastic. It was breathtakingly good. Um, just kind of seeing, oh man, like I forgot all about the Victor Mancha character, and then seeing him here was just brilliant. It's written by Tom King, artwork by Gabriel Hernandez Walta. This is one of the best books you're going to read at Marvel. It's so dis- you know, it's so messed up. It's so entertaining and fascinating and uncomfortable. And I think sometimes when I read it and you see the the interactions between some of the characters, it almost reminds me of the uncomfortable feeling I would get watching episodes of Hannibal, uh, the short-lived uh, three-season uh, series on NBC. Because th- those episodes, like, you had a weird... Uh, staccato, you know, kind of soundtrack, and it was very perplexing, and it was just kind of, it was weird. It was very weird and uncomfortable, and it was it was on purpose. It was meant to make you feel that way. Um, and that's how I feel about this book, is that it often makes you feel uncomfortable. And, like, even the ending where, you know, uh, Victor's trying to get uh, Vision's son to kind of relax, and, uh, and Vin is not quite there, 
And he's, like, worried and kind of freaked out. And Victor's trying to kind of, you know, tell him that he needs to listen. And then he's, like, starts zapping him. Like, it's 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 creepy and messed up, but so entertaining. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I think it ever since the book has started, it's just been absolutely incredible. I can't shout it for the rooftops enough that people should read this. And last but not least is Wonder Woman Rebirth, number one. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, an interesting book. Um trying to get back to basics and basically show that even, you know, Wonder Woman's not really sure about her own history and everything's a little bit confusing. It's written by Greg Rucka. Artwork by Matthew Clark and Sean Parsons. Sorry, Matthew Clark and Sean Parsons do pages 1 to 14, with Liam Sharp doing pages 15 to 20. Uh, Laura Martin doing the colors in the last few pages as well. Um, I thought it was just an entertaining issue that basically says, you know, who is this character? Um, You know, what is she? What has she been in the past? Um, you know, how much does she remember? Wh- which version of her of her history is true? Um, I thought that was a really interesting way to take it, and it's not like that's even necessarily new for Wonder Woman. Um, because ever since the, you know, Crisis era, um, they didn't kind of do things correctly in terms of having to figuring out how they were going to relaunch her, and so there's been a lot of, you know, kind of conflicting things in her history as a character. Um, so I think actually officially folding that into part of the character's current adventures, which is a really smart idea, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm excited to see what Greg Rucka does with it, and how... I mean, he's a he's a fantastic Wonder Woman writer. Uh, this isn't his first time writing the character. So I'm excited to see what he do, does with it going forward, and how he develops uh, the contrasting histories of the character, and hopefully, you know, weaves a new tapestry. But I'm so far the first issue is pretty good. I'm going to give this an eight out of ten. I'm not a huge Wonder Woman fan, but this definitely made me uh, intrigued and wanting to read more. And really, what else can you ask for from an issue like, you know, Wonder Woman Rebirth, where it needs to kind of hook you, it needs to make you want to read more. And for me, I think it succeeded. Now, looking at the upcoming releases that came out actually the day I record this on the fifteenth of June. We've got from some selected options that are highlights, I should say, that are coming out include uh, a new version of the 52 trade paperback, book one, All Star Section 8, number eight. Uh, sorry, uh, All Star Section 8 trade paperback. We got the launch of Batman number one. We got the second Earth One trade paperback coming out in the soft cover. We have uh, the Dark Knight, a true Batman story hardcover coming out for mature readers. Flash, the Silver Age trade paperback volume one. We got new launches for the Rebirth era of Green Arrow and Green Lantern. Uh, we have the last issue of Justice League, issue number 51. We've got, uh, I think it's the last issue of Poison Ivy's Cycle of Life and Death. That's issue number six. We have issues number two of Scooby Apocalypse and the launch of Superman and Titans Rebirth, as well as uh, the sixth and I think final issue of Swamp Thing. Over at IDW, there's the second issue of the Back to the Future Citizen Brown miniseries, which is the adaptation of the uh, video game from a few years ago. We've also got the My Little Pony Omnibus Volume 3, as well as Strawberry Shortcake Number 3, and Transformers 54, Transformers Tell Lola 1 Number 1, as well as Walt Disney Comics and Stories 732. Over at Image, it's actually a pretty light week from Image, including Pencilhead, uh, Low, Lazarus, and I Hate Fairyland Number 6. And then if we look at Marvel, we've got new issues of Amazing Spider-Man, Astonishing Ant-Man, which I'm loving that book, Black Widow, another book I'm just such a huge fan of, the second issue of Civil War 2. We've got the launch of Civil War 2 X-Men number 1. 
uh, new issue of of Deadpool. I still haven't read that massive last issue. Uh, new issue of International Iron Man. There's the Hawkeye trade paperback volume six, just called Hawkeyes. Marvel Masterworks Avengers hardcover volume sixteen. They've got a new issue of Nova as part of Civil War two. Uh, new issue of Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, as well as the first trade paperback of that series. New issue of Spider Gwen of Spidey. We got the Spidey All New Marvel. Uh, Treasury Edition, although I'm not really sure what's in there. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be the first, I think, five issues of Spidey, but I think they ended up updating it to include something else that wasn't just Spidey and I think was kind of a turnoff to me personally. Uh, we got Squadron Supreme number eight, as well as the first Squadron Supreme trade paperback, new issues of Star Wars, Star Wars Han Solo, Uncanny Inhumans, Uncanny X-Men, Boat Loki, as well as the Year of, In- of Marvel's Incredible number one. Um, also, um, in terms of the other publishers, we have Claws number six, which I don't think is the last issue. I think there's one more issue after this, but super excited for this, as well as the new issue of Jughead. So that's everything coming out this week on the 15th of June. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, or you can like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, episode 382 will be coming out in a couple days. That'll be our conversation with Zeb Wells. Um, after that will be episode 384, which will be our conversation with Tony Bedard. And after that, episode 386 will be our conversation with John Semper Jr. of the um, Spider-Man animated series from the 1990s. So a lot of good stuff coming up in the next three weeks. Uh, I think we're going to actually be taking a break from the interviews for a little while. Um, But uh, there are some more Spotlight episodes coming up, as I believe we'll be doing one for Ghostbusters, um, as well as... Oh, there's another big release, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I think, oh, Star Trek. I think we'll be doing a, a Star Trek focus as well. And uh, then we'll have some good stuff coming up to uh, August. And before you know it, we'll be on episode 400. So thank you for joining me for this episode. Uh, as I said, you can get in touch with me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. I have been Adam Chapman, your host, and I will always be Adam Chapman, your host. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.